Cheerio. As human beings, don't we enjoy enjoyment? This is Five Golden Things, The Liberty Lists, a podcast of whimsy from Liberty Church Collingswood and libertycollingswood.org. We'll hear from friends as we explore everything from potent potables to morsel delectables, awkward laughables to moment teachables. You'll get lots of different categories, but remember that for each one, there can be only five. Plus a mulligan or two. Five, four, three, two, one. Lift off. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new season of... Five Golden Things, The Liberty Lists. Turtle Loves, I hope you had a great summer. We are coming back at you every other Friday, starting now. Great first episode. I am here with Kathy Santavanez, deacon at our church, well-loved member, does a ton of things. Kathy, how are you? I'm well, Jim. How are you? I am doing good. Kathy told me this is the fifth person she's recorded a podcast with today so it's gonna be wow so many my phone so is sore recording. already i oh, can't no. oh. yeah well, well we have the we have the room with the green m&ms and the you know the the soft lights afterwards so, so we can decompress kathy how was your summer well starting with eswatini my summer that part of my summer was really really good which is what we're going to be talking about here and then from there it kind of went downhill not that that it was a terrible summer Uh but just as far as activities and being around people it's Mm -hmm. been it's been less busy oh okay all right yeah well and we're recording this on friday september 8th we're going to release on whatever eight plus seven is friday September 8th plus seven days and then at least right now the Phillies are in great shape we'll see what the next week holds Kathy is going to the game tonight so before we get to the Phillies tonight Kathy we want to hear more about Eswatini so this is the first part of a two-part episode or two episode series where we're going to ask you first for this episode top five lessons on the more serious end of the spectrum about your missions trip and then we're going to do a little lighter fare top five other things from Eswatini. So this is a trip, Kathy, that you went on. It's the first ever Liberty Communion-wide missions trip back in July and Eswatini, I, I won't say anything more. We will just start and fill in, pic- fill in the picture as we need to as we keep going your first thing and there are no particular order lessons from this trip so on a serious side the first one of the main components of our trip Mm -hmm. was the container the container filled with clothing and shoes blankets you know things for us to distribute to various groups of people Mm -hmm. in Eswatini and the mission trip hadn't gone on for four years okay. because of, <clears throat> because of um, COVID. Right. So this is the first time in four years that they've you know, revisited sending a big container over. And um, we have, well, Comfort for Africa has a pair of missionaries mm-hmm. that live there full time, Mick and Kathy Sander. Okay. And it was Mick's job after the, sh- the uh, container was sent from the States and it landed in Durban, uh, South Africa. Mm-hmm. It was Mick's job to get the container to Eswatini. Right. Well, how, problem, how big was the container? It, it was the it size was of huge. a huge. Uh, okay. I mean, I, you know, 
It, it was really big. Yeah. I don't know size-wise, but it was very, very big. And it held like 300, 400 boxes. Yeah. It was big. Yeah. So Mick's uh, main role, since that was one of the most important things of our missions trip, was obviously to get the container to Eswatini. Yeah to um, Manzini, right? So Manzini is the city in Eswatini mm -hmm. where we were staying. So Eswatini is the country. Yep. Uh, Manzini where we were is the second largest city. So the, the, crate, the container had to travel. But there were, was red tape after red tape after red tape. Yep. And poor Mick was, it, it was really hard on Mick because he had to keep going back, fill out this paper. No, that wasn't good. Come back with this one. And, um, you know, we were praying, we were praying. And finally, the Saturday, like we arrived on Friday, on Friday, and finally the container got there on Saturday. But after much, much work and blood and sweat from Mick. Yeah. And so he was, you know, you know, after our first... Um, outreach with the container, you know, I said to him, Mick, does this make it all worthwhile, all that you went through? He said, Kathy, I can't say that yet. That's how hard he worked. Huh. Wow. That's how, that's how, and it was all on him because he was the one in country. Yep. Right. So that was really, really the first serious, and, and you know, everybody was praying, but finally it arrived and we were able to distribute the clothing and et cetera. That is awesome. Two follow-up questions here, Kathy. One, let's give some basic orientation about where Eswatini is and some of the conditions of the country. So it's Southern Africa and fairly impoverished, but feel free to elaborate in any direction from there. Yes, yeah, so Eswatini is located six hours east, east. of Johannesburg, right? So we landed yeah. in Johannesburg and had to take a bus from Johannesburg to Eswatini. Yeah. So it's six hours east. It's landlocked. It's a monarchy. Very small, only 1.1 million people. Yep. Um, but beautiful. Hmm. I, I had this picture in my mind of, like in the movies, everything is flat and there's giraffes and rhinos rolling all over the place. Yeah. It's, it's a city. Manzini is a city. And surrounding it are beautiful hills, greenery, mm -hmm. um, you know, trees and flowers. It was really... Mm, I was taken aback. I didn't realize how beautiful huh. Eswatini was okay. or is. Yeah. Amazing. And then what... Unless you're going to talk about it later, what was it like the experience of actually distributing some of these things? Would people come from town or come from the region? We, so. ha we had a new setup before they would bring the clothing, et cetera, to different pl people, places. Mm -hmm. But this time we had a big hall. There's a Bible college. I forget the name of the Bible college, but there's a Bible college in Manzini that lent us their big hall. Mm -hmm. And so we were set up there in the big hall. So they invited one special particular group of people, which was the deaf community. Right. So the deaf community, first it was the older people, then younger, younger, younger. But they were the first ones to whom we distributed. Hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So well, like there's a very large population of deaf people in Eswatini. It's, it's, I don't know the statistics, but they have more deaf people than, like, per, per, per capita than any other country. Huh. I had heard ahead of time that the deaf community was underserved in Eswatini, but also 
really large compared to the overall population. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And so they have, you know, they have their own, there's a deaf church, uh, evangelical deaf church, there's a Catholic deaf church. Mm-hmm. Um, there are schools for the deaf, you know, so there, but the government still does not uh, give them the resources that they really require to succeed in life. Right. So in that way, it's impoverished. We did not go into the bush. Like, we weren't in villages. Gotcha. So we were just working with specific groups of people. Mm-hmm. So I didn't see, I mean, I saw poverty, but I didn't see villages or, you know, I gotcha. that were impoverished. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. And correct me if I'm wrong, Kathy, but Comfort for Africa is, is the missions organization that Angelo Giuliani from... Bridge Community Church, one of our partner churches in the Liberty Communion. Angelo's, I don't, was he, did he start himself or was, in, or has been highly involved with Comfort for Africa for a long time? Uh, I believe he started it, but I'm not that's sure. What I thought. Yeah. Because yeah. he's been to Eswatini like 70 times. Right. He's been there and he's going to go back again in January. He's been there, he goes like twice a year. Yep. Yeah. And yep. so Comfort for Africa started a, um, a school mm-hmm. they have a school um, they work a lot with orphanages they, they do a lot comfort for Africa yeah and the missionaries that I mentioned before Mike Mick and Kathy are sent from comfort for Africa yeah talk about global impact where Kathy I don't know if you've ever been to or you were at bridge for the you've been to bridge at least once right on a Sunday I've morning. never been to bridge okay uh, so they're they're a church I think about the size of Liberty Collingswood, give or take. So we're not big churches. And as far as hopefully we'll be remembered one way or another here in the Philadelphia region, but Bridge Community Church and Comfort for Africa will be remembered in Eswatini for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And and the people in the church give abundantly to the Mm -hmm. work in Eswatini. Uh, Kathy and Mick were members of Bridge Community, and Mick and Kathy had gone on mission trips with Angelo to Eswatini, and Mick really felt the call, and eventually Kathy felt the call too, so they both went over. (coughs) In our group, the main, uh, there were 18 of us. Most of them, most of our people were from Bridge Community Church. Yep. Only myself from Liberty and a girl from... Collingswood. Uh, no, no, no. We're just, sorry, go ahead. From Liberty Collingswood. Is that what you want me to say? Me from Liberty Collingswood and a woman from Harrisburg uh-huh. Liberty Church were the only two people from other Liberty churches on the trip. Take that, other Liberty churches. <laughs> yes, and there was a girl from uh, a black church in North Philly, and her pastor and Angela are good friends, and yeah. and many of those people in that congregation had gone before, okay. but this time it was just Devana, and there were two people from, three people f- from Lancaster, who knew sign language because the right. the man and the woman were are deaf, mm-hmm. and the girl the girl that other girl that came is, uh, has a heart for the deaf community, so she knows American sign language. Yeah. So they were a big, big help. I can imagine. Yeah. And then from, from Liberty, what's this church called? Bridge. Bridge Community Church. Yeah. The lead um, music director, his wife, 
and three children went. Wow. God raised up all their money. Hmm. That was a miracle. Amazing. Yeah. And what, what a wonderful family. The kids were, the kids were great. Yeah. I'm, I'm missing awesome. my list. I'm not going down so, my list. <laughs> so all great stuff. Let's keep going with stories. Number two. Number two. So anyway, like I was talking about the, the team. So we were all from different backgrounds, yeah. different ages, different um, parts of. Like one guy that came was the nephew of one of the nurses, and he's from Florida. Oh, and he okay. flew up from Florida and met us at Newark. Huh. So all these different people together. Jim, I was amazed at how well we worked together. Right. It was really huh. God unifying us as a team. Like not, you know, the only person I knew was Linda Barber. Yeah. Right. And but we were working together. We were laughing together, praying together every night. It really was a unified team. Huh. Now that was that was beautiful. Have you you've done other sorts of missions things before, Kathy? Was was this more unified, than, more cohesion than usual as, as far as your experience of, of, of different sorts of missions contexts? Or? I think that I've only done, well, it's been so many years, Jim, since yeah. I went on a mission trip. But, but I think that God has a way of bringing people together when they're one focus, mm-hmm. right? Their focus is to serve him and others, yeah. and that unifies people. Right. So I think that that, you know... It, I went on a missions trip with Bruce McDowell to, um, uh, where did we go? Dominican Republic. And, yeah, we were all unified, mm-hmm. but I think having the one vision yeah. and, and prayer unifies people. Yeah. Love it. And yeah. it was a group that did a, that, that did a ton of good stuff. Do you, do you yeah. keep in touch with, with those folks? Yeah, we're going to have a meeting, well, a prayer. I don't know what Angela is calling it, really, but on November 5th. He's inviting us and all people that supported us Mm -hmm. to Bridge Community Church for an evening. And he's going to, as only Angelo in his charismatic way, will, you know, talk about what the trip was and what we did and have slides. And Uh it'll be a wonderful evening. So that I'm looking forward to. And I have texted other people and emailed um, the the missionary Mick has sent prayer requests Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I've been praying for them that they're there in Eswatini. Yeah. So, so we're going to begin announcing this November 5th event at Liberty Collingswood as it gets a little bit closer. Angelo's coming. We just booked him this week to preach at Liberty Collingswood, I think, on October 8th. Really? So, yeah. So he's, We booked him. Yeah. He's, oh, people, you're in for a treat. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a powerhouse. He is. He is. <laughs> he's, a, he's a powerhouse. Yeah. But he's, did you know he's 71 years old? Uh, yes. And, like, I was amazed at his vibrance and energy. Yeah. For being, I mean, I'm, I'm 60, it's like, he, I was amazed. Yeah. He, he doesn't look like it, he doesn't act he, like it. Ne- right, right, neither one. Oh, man, I, I would love to do a five golden things with that guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it would be 20 million golden things. <laughs> he, he has... He has some stories. He actually came with us. A bunch of Liberty pastors went to Oklahoma City in the spring, and Angela wore some piece of Philadelphia sports memorabilia every day. And he was <laughs> in a, he, we were in Oklahoma City, so it was a bunch of these hipsters, and then Angela with a satin Phillies jacket. 
<laughs> he's Eagles unique. T-shirt. He's very unique. Yeah. Oh, I I love the guy. So Kathy, that 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 was excellent. Number two. Let's keep going. So number three, what I wrote down for the serious aspect was uh, prayer. Like mm. every every night, we spent well, not only prayer but prayer and praise. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a man and his niece from South, a Christian church in South Africa, and. Uh, Angelo knows them very well. His name is Abendigo. Isn't that ah. cool? Abendigo and his niece, Kat. Shadrach, Meshach. And, and there was Abendigo. And um, they came and led us in worship every night. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was beautiful. And we, we sang and we prayed and we prayed for what we did that day. We prayed for what we were going to do the day bef- next day. Mm-hmm. So I, the, the prayer times were ju- and worship times were just something that, you know, really lifted us up, and hmm. um, you know, we were. Um, you know, there were some hard times, but through the prayer and through being together, you know, it really it gave us more impetus, and it really helped us get through the next day. Yeah. So, so you mentioned the container and praying a lot for that. What were some of the other consistent prayer topics or prayer points that that your team would pray? Well, about? we prayed for. Um, the deaf community that mm-hmm. that God would continue to open doors for us to minister to them. Um, we prayed for the, there was another uh, missionary there named Jamie, mm-hmm. um, and we prayed for her work that she does in Africa. Uh, we prayed for the orphanage that we were going to visit and the woman who runs it. Her name is Colette. Mm-hmm. She does amazing work in that orphanage. And we prayed, we lifted each other up. Like, you know, one time um, Lance, one of the the guys from Bridge Church, was sick. Mm -hmm. And so we prayed for him. Linda Barber one time wasn't feeling well. So we were always, you know, how are you doing? How can we pray for you? We were always lifting each other up too in prayer. Yeah. Yeah. And you saw a lot of answered prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the container number, well, the less serious one is the first answer prayer, but we'll get to that okay. when we get to Next episode. My <laughs> <laughs> Dios mio. Yeah. Or is there going to be another point when you'll talk about, or I've heard a little bit about the uh, deaf community worshiping? Is, is that something that you have another at another point, or could you tell us a little bit about that now? I can talk about that now. I think <coughs> we had. I'm going <coughs> to. We had on Sunday morning. We had a joint worship service with deaf Christians, Eswati Christians, and then us English-speaking Christians. Mm-hmm. And each group had a portion of the service. Mm-hmm. So the deaf people sang in sign language right like to me that was just amazing and of course it was tra- it was translated in both languages in english and in in eswati yeah but but the deaf christians were up there and they were praising the lord they were worshiping god and and we were tr- you know trying as we could with our sign right. you know yeah. le- trying to learn the signs as they were doing it yeah. to be praising the lord you know but a lot of the people that i met in the deaf community are like 20, 30 years, like older. Okay. Um, and there's one man in particular uh, who was one of, uh, 
teaching us sign language and he has his own sign language school and he's really trying he has a very good relationship with Mick mm -hmm. and he's trying to get more people to learn sign language like can you imagine there's you know children go to deaf school and they're there and then they go home and no one in their house can communicate with them right how lonely that is mm -hmm. so um his name is slipping me but but that they need more education mm -hmm. in sign language and communicating in, you know, getting their needs out. Yeah. Yeah. And my understanding, both from what I've heard from you, Kathy, and then also Angelo, the, in a lot of ways, the church serves as pretty vital infrastructure for, for the deaf community over there because there isn't a whole lot of other help. There isn't. And, and I don't know exactly how Mick and Kathy... Um, work. I mean, I, I don't know if he started the Deaf Church, mm -hmm. but but he, I think he is the pastor now. Okay. And God bless them. They had to learn the sign language. And when we were in our pray, prayer and praise meetings every every evening, they were the ones that translated for us. Huh. Um, when when it would be you know when the Deaf. So our team wasn't only made up of the eighteen people, right? Mm -hmm. We also had deaf Christians with us yeah and we had Christians from other Christian churches join us so our group was really bigger yeah and that's why I think the, the unity was incredible mm -hmm. but whenever the deaf Christians were doing signing uh, Kathy and Mick had to translate into English and then whenever we were talking in English Kat, Kathy and Mick had to do the signs for them to understand what we were doing so it was a completely like bilingual trilingual like every day a experience yeah. you know I think I got off the topic of what you answered me but but Kathy and Mick do try to help the deaf like with doctor appointments mm -hmm. what if the doctor doesn't know how to sign yeah. right which they probably don't um, you know getting jobs doing doing different things like a normal everyday person can do on their own but since they're deaf and they're trying to communicate with people that aren't deaf their needs aren't getting met yeah so Kathy and Mick do do a lot of that good work all the way around yeah Kathy let's do number four number four so I believe that our main purpose was to bring joy and dignity I'm gonna mm. start crying <laughs> don't I cry so much Feel to free. bring joy and dignity to the deaf and to the orphans like mm. the, the days that we spent with them were happy days and that they knew that people were coming from far away to help them, that showed them that God loves them, that mm -hmm. they are important, that they do matter. Right. So I think <clears throat> that was one of the most important things. I, I think that aside from giving them clothes, we gave them joy and dignity. Hmm. Quality's tough to come by. For people groups that don't always have that. Yeah. Are, are, are there some specific people that you met over there, either kids or, or adults, that you'll remember their names and you had a little bit of interaction with one, one way or another? Or is it more the overall experience? Yeah, because I can't sign yeah. a Swatini sign language and I only learned a few phrases, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, 
I had interaction with the kids. We went to a deaf school, and I interacted with the kids, but it was very on, it was very superficial level. Yeah. I had more interaction with the Eswatini Christians that were si- side by side with us. Gotcha. You know, talking with them. Um, they were in our prayer meetings, learning about their country from them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's who I had more contact with. Yeah. With the, and I think that us coming also lifted them up. You right. know? Yeah, that, that, you know, people from across the, the world are praying for us, mm-hmm. know that we're here, you know, and, and know what's going on in Eswatini. Yeah. You know, one of the, Kathy, a couple of weeks ago, Emily and I had over for a nice long dinner, some friends of ours from college that had been long-term missionaries in Africa since their in our mid-20s, so going on 20 years. Where were they? What country? They're, they're in Niger. Okay. And talking with them about the decline of global missions in the Western church, whether not as many long-term missionaries as there used to be, short-term missions, uh, less spending, less, less giving towards it. And one of the, another one of the things that we were talking about is more people complain about whether it's worth it in the first place because it takes it takes a lot of time money and effort to to get over there <laughs> as as you well know including from this past time but hearing hearing some of these stories reinforces to me it's worth it and and whatever resources are required to do a trip like this it comes back to us 30 60 and 100 fold yeah you you leave seeds that you don't know how God's going to grow them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you touch people's lives in ways that you don't even know. Yeah. And, you know, like, somebody there was, I don't know, if it was somebody on our team saying that she was getting backlash from people saying, you know, like, short-term missions isn't valuable, you know. Because right. you're just there, and you're just there a little bit, and you leave. Mm-hmm. Which is true. But on the other hand, being able to do what we did, Mick and Kathy couldn't have done what we did by themselves. Yeah. They needed us as an army, mm-hmm. a small contingent, to help distribute. They needed us to work with the deaf kids. They needed us to help them. Yeah. So, and, and not only did we touch those people's lives, but our lives were touched. Yeah. And in my prayer, Kathy, and this is part of why we're doing these podcasts and we're going to hear from you. So if you're listening... Friday, September, is that 15th or 16th? Uh, on the 17th, we're g- you're going to be interviewed. We're going to spend a lot of time hearing from you. Derek is going to be interviewing you. I, my, my hope and prayer is that your trip to Eswatini, this is uh, no pressure, <laughs> but the, that, that this would be a, an event well remembered in the life of our church as something that moved our awareness and passion for global missions to a whole nother level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And me as I'm part of the international partnership team. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of the reasons why I felt called to go because mm-hmm. none of the other members of the team could go. Yeah. And I was, you know, Roger said, no problem, go. And God raised the money, praise the Lord. Yeah. And so he just opened the door. So I, I felt like as being part of the inter- international partnership team, not that it was my duty or responsibility, but I felt like I should go to mm-hmm. represent Liberty Collingsville because I could. Yeah. 
And since I could, and since I do have a heart for missions, you know, it really, it really fit well together. And I do, you know, all of us on the international partnership team want to encourage the congregation to be more involved right. in missions. So um, this is one way that, that we could make that happen. Absolutely. I'm glad you talked about that because I was going to ask you if it didn't come up in this conversation about why, why you went, why, why you decided to, to go. And, and if I could say, Kathy, you, uh, you celebrated your retirement this, this, this summer. June 30th. Well, well done, good and faithful servant. And <laughs> if I could simply commend you to say not everyone would have the idea, hey, just a few days after my retirement, instead of going to Atlantic City for a couple of months, let me do a missions trip going halfway across the world and do something difficult. So, Kathy, that, that's the work of Jesus in you for saying so this is going to be me. I have the phrase, it just so happened. Hmm. It just so happened that my contract at Cinnamonson ended June 30th. And it just so happened that all the other years that I worked at Cinnamon, I taught summer school. And it just so happened right. that because I wasn't working anymore, I wasn't teaching summer school, and I could have July, hmm. which I never had in how many years. So right. all of these, it just so happens that came together. And, you know, I said, sure, I'll, you know, I heard Angela speak. So mm-hmm. that, yep. <laughs> that was like, you know, him talking about, he, yeah, talking about Eswatini and the vision and what they do there really touched me. Yeah. And then all the other pieces just fell together. Amen. God's been at work in that whole process. And yeah. Just as I hope, Kathy, people hearing you talk about Eswatini will ignite a passion for global missions. If you don't want to become more passionate about global missions, don't listen to Angelo because he could get you going. <laughs> He could get get you going really fast. Yeah. Lovely, yeah. lovely, lovely. Kathy, let, let's do your fifth thing. So now we're going to talk about the um, distribution of the clothing. Very good. So the first Saturday that we were there, as I said, we had the whole auditorium. Uh, div- it was full of the boxes. So it was divided into one area was shoes, one area was babies, I worked with Linda with clo- with coats and blankets, mm-hmm. and we had men, women, and children. And then next to us was accessories, and then over there was women's. And every person, not only our team, but deaf deaf people, uh, deaf Christians were helping the deaf people that were coming to direct them as to where they were going to go and to help them find clothing that would fit them. And the other Christians were there doing that as well. Um, but I was I was just touched by uh, like seeing it was winter when we went there. It wasn't a cold winter, but for them mm-hmm. it's cold. I mean, for yeah. us it's no big deal. Right. And being able to give people a winter coat that was like basically new, mm-hmm. and seeing their face when they put it on, oh yeah. my goodness! It was like you gave them a million dollars. Right. You know. So it was really amazing being able to gift. Um, and and the, the labor of love started even before that with Angelo and his church and other people collecting all the clothing, boxing it. I mean, it took 
hours and hours and hours. And a couple of people from Liberty, I wish we could have done more, but a couple of people from Liberty did give some clothing, mm -hmm. and Roger and I drove it up to Glenside. Um, but just the whole, the whole thing, the whole, uh, from beginning, collecting the clothing, boxing it, putting it in the container, getting the container overseas, finally getting it to Eswatini, and then that day was a culmination. Hmm. And having all the people come and being blessed by the clothing they were receiving. It was beautiful. Hmm. It was really beautiful. And, you know, so I learned... Um, this, this is, I'm doing sign language, fr friends, but this is woman's, like, so woman, yep. and this is children, and this is large, and Kathy's this is... Kathy's making some hand gestures right now. This is medium. Yep. Like, I learned how to <laughs> help people find <laughs> the size, you know, coat that they needed and where they were on their table. It, That's it funny. Was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, but we were exhausted after that day. We uh -huh. were exhausted. But there were boxes left over. Hmm. What happened to those boxes, Jim? I bet you didn't take them back. <laughs> we didn't take them back. The churches, so um, the churches that were friends with Angelo, so each, whatever was left over, churches were able to bring boxes of clothing back to their congregation. Hmm. So that was wonderful, too. Well, we have, we have too much stuff. Oh, you have no, yeah, US. yeah. You have no idea. Yeah. One of the, I remember a story from Steve Huber on one of his Liberty Missions trips to South Sudan. I sure hope that we can get to South Sudan again at some point, too. <clears throat> Steve says that he he came back with nothing. So he, he was so struck by the, by the need around him that he emptied out his suitcase and I think left the suitcase, too, <laughs> yeah. and just came back with the, with the clothes on his back because it, he saw firsthand that it was simply the case that these other people needed all these clothes more than, more than all this stuff more than he did yeah and he just didn't feel right coming back with the with the suitcase full of stuff yeah we we stayed at a christian uh, catholic convent okay and at the end of our trip everybody got you know g put together piles for the nuns you know, so yeah, my, my, my suitcase came back a lot later and other people's did too. Like we, we gave things for the nuns mm -hmm. to give to, uh, I don't know, you know, people in their church, but yeah, it's, 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 a uh, you know, we take for granted that we can go down the street and buy something, you know, like, Oh, I need, Roger needs a new, new t-shirt. Oh, we're going to go buy it. But that's not so over there. Yeah. Yeah. And you were there. <laughs> it seems it was a well. It wasn't a long time ago, but it seems pretty far away now. But well, Kathy, I've I've loved going through these five things. We're gonna do another episode with on the less serious side of things. Do you have any quick hits that you'd want to put in this time around before we before we wrap? So I just wanted to, some quick hits were some lessons that I learned, especially about culture. Mm -hmm. That someone's culture that is different it's not wrong yeah so when you're going overseas you just have to realize okay they don't look like you they don't speak like you they don't eat the things that you do they listen to different music but that's not wrong it's just different and having that mindset really helps you embrace that other culture yeah and um, again that church service made me think of what heaven's going to look like mm. 
like all different tongues, all different colors of people together, praising and worshiping the Lord. Amen. Yeah. Hmm. One of the, I think one of the things for the past couple of years in worship services, Kathy, that I've received the most positive feedback about, maybe we should do it more, is on those Pentecost Sundays when we have a, simply have a scripture reading in a few different languages, and it's, yeah. it's striking. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And, and then when you're there, um, like humility, like, I, I, you know, you do whatever they tell you to do, right? So, so Angelo's wife, Barbara, would say, Kathy, come here and serve the rice. I'm not going to say no. I'm not serving. I'm, I'm, I'm above that. I'm not right. going to serve rice yep. or you know sit over here or do this or do. No, it's with a humble heart that you're here to serve. And so I really, that really touched me, like being humble and accepting. You know, I'm not. You know, so I'm, I'm a seasoned Christian, right? I've been a missionary before. Mm-hmm. Like, so what? You're not better than any other people on the trip who've never been missionary, yep. right? So if they're doing it, you do it, and we just work together. Hmm. So humility was something else that, you know, you just with a humble spirit, whatever, whatever Angelo and Barb say you do, you do it. Yeah. Yeah, and what a great example, both for us and an example of Jesus, the one who says, I am, behold, I am among you as the one who serves. And thinking of... Jesus in Matthew 25, uh, when I was hungry, you gave me food. When I was in prison, you visited me. Lord, Lord, when did we see you in all these things? And Jesus says, hey, whatever you did for one of the least of these, you did for me. Mm -hmm. And so, Kathy, uh, I said about teaching, also about this missions trip. Uh, Well done, good and faithful servant to have done such a thing. We will hear more from you. In the meantime, if you want to be on the next episode, Turtle Doves, Five Golden Things Pod at gmail.com. Let's get those emails started with the start of the fall here. Talk to you again with Kathy. Kathy, thank you so much. And ta ta, turtle doves. Wow. That was definitely a top five episode of Five Golden Things, The Liberty Lists. And remember, kids, Schadenfreude ain't just a river in Egypt. Wade in the water a little deeper anytime at libertycollingswood.org and find us at the usual socials. Make us a top five follow, and you'll always be our number one. Toodle pip! Five golden things is like five golden rings. Oh, 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 and then the doves. Okay, all yeah. right, all right. So it's, it, I got it. it's a turtle dove. Do you, do, you, do you know what a turtle dove looks like? I've seen the picture with the rings. Yeah, I I don't know.